When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings are pretty much the best team in North American team sports to never win a championship. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? This is Before We Die. I'm Jesse Pierce. That's Thor Nystrom. There's our lovely producer, Ross Brendel, back from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers game. Ross, how was, how was the peg? Like I had mentioned to you, it's weird to ask that because... I've heard nothing great about Winnipeg as a city, but that's in the dead of winter for hockey. Well, I'll put it to you this way. The Blue Bombers had not lost in 264 Canadian days. (laughs) They lost. The Gold Eyes baseball team had not lost in seven straight home games. They lost. The Minnesota losing goes north for the weekend, and I must have brought it there. But it it was a great time. Fun to see a little CFL action in person. Thank you for asking. And yeah. no, no, no. I, what is this? I leave and Declan starts throwing shade at Dateline. I yeah. am not happy about he that. He did. He not... had a lot to say about that. And uh, what was the other one that he had mentioned? Your uh, another affinity TV show that you have. I'm not LA, happy about LA and... something. LA was it Law and Order? Uh, it, it could be Law and Order. You know, that's it could be. I, I'm a Law and Order SVU person, so I, I can't shade you for that. But uh, Dateline, you know, how old are Look you? At, Look out! Well, don't watch alone. Look out, Dex. This show is not for you. Yeah, we'll see. Not yet. Actually, got... <laughs> it's up to you two to decide that. I guess so. I'll, I'll just. This is true. You know what? Well, I personally want to make you guys duke it out in some sort of like wrestling gladiator style matchup. You know what I mean? I think that's how we're going to decide who our producer is you, of the very you, famous uh, Before We Die show. You know what it can be? It can be a very Sean Mannion like Helen Mond battle. Look at that. That's a segue if I've ever seen one. Right. I love right. it. Lots to talk about. Yes, uh, yesterday, Minnesota Vikings hosting their art at their first preseason game, taking an L to the Las Vegas Raiders. They are now 0-1 in preseason. Raiders 2-0. 26-20 was the loss. We're going to have NFL, NFL.com's Eric Edholm joining us to break down some of those rookies in particular. But let's kick it off with just overall thoughts of the game, Thor. I mean, I know you were watching. Were you happy? Please. I mean, a loss is never good, but did you see some good things that you liked? I did. Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of positive signs, more positives than negatives. We we got a little bit of potential, well, at least information in the quarterback two battle and, and maybe even a bit of movement in that. Um, and then I thought a lot of the youngsters played really well, and I'm excited to ask Eric about that when he comes on. 
Yeah, again, Eric at home from NFL.com joining us. You know, there was a lot of good, and again, everybody was excited to see what the offense can can bring, and we'll get into that a little bit later again. Thor, you mentioning the quarterback secondary backup situation with Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion looked awful. Kellen Mond looked good, but still not enough for me to solidify that. Again, we'll discuss later. I do want to talk about the other thing that I didn't love was the amount of turnovers. Now, naturally, that's to be expected, right? They're still making adjustments, and I I think that's what the preseason is for, but eight penalties on 71 yards. Um, some of those mistakes, especially in a game that was decided by just six points, you got to see those worked out. I mean, is there enough time in the preseason to get some of those kinks worked out, or is that going to be another problem? Because the Vikings struggled with turnovers last year too. Yeah, this is where you want to get get those kinks out. Uh, and we, you know, speaking to the penalty issue, we saw penalties on offense, on on defense, on special teams. So, yeah, that's something that you're going to want to clean up. But, you know, it's the first preseason game. So we knew that we were going to see some of that stuff. And like you mentioned, the Raiders, they were one of only two NFL teams that had played a preseason game before that. Mm -hmm. So they've gotten some of that sloppiness out of the way. doesn't concern me. There you go. See, positive thinking from Thor. Um, Again, Eric Edholm from NFL.com to join us about some rookies. Did you guys see any rookies in particular that that stuck out to you that did? I mean, again, we've mentioned the quarterbacks. Anybody else that you were kind of like, wow, I know for me, uh, Ty Chandler and Brian Asamoah were were two guys that I was very impressed with. Yeah, I I would put those guys on the list. Another guy that I I would put prominently on the list is Ed Ingram. You know, we we talk about, you know, maybe some separation in the the QB2 race. Ed Ingram, if if he wasn't, you know, on on the even plane with Jesse Davis before that game, you have to think he is at least pulled even and maybe even pulled slightly ahead. Ed Ingram was a lot better yesterday than Jesse Davis. Like, it wasn't really even close. And what, what you liked about Ingram, it was both in the running game. Um, He was moving people up front. He was getting to the second level and picking off linebackers. That was something that we had talked about, uh, you know, in, in an episode past. And then in pass protection, he showed that anchor that, that we know that he has. He has those long arms and he has great play strength. He could be a guy that that projects very well next to a guy like Garrett Bradbury, who struggles with that that interior power. Ed Ingram may eventually be able to help him out. We'll see how that goes, but a great day for Ed Ingram. I'll back that up. I thought Ed Ingram looked really good. I was able to watch the game back after getting home. And, and, you know, we've talked about it right here on Before We Die. I think the goal for the offensive line, obviously you would love them to be great, but I think if Kirk Cousins could just stand behind a good offensive line, he would appreciate that. And I think we saw really good first steps from Ed Ingram and really a lot of guys who played in the first preseason game. So I was – I don't want to say I was ecstatic, but it was a very good sign, and I felt pretty good about how Ed Ingram played. You know, you were able to, you said, watch it on delay. Were you able to avoid spoilers throughout? Did you stay off Twitter? I, I mean, Ross, we got to know. Were you able to dodge any of the outcome from uh, from others? I actually did because I was driving, and I was able to uh, listen and put my focus on a another team that is struggling at the current moment. So yeah, there you that go. Is, that is how I distracted myself. I really had no clue until I got home late last night when it happened. So I was and very proud. It was like watching it in real time, but only a few hours on delay. I'm assuming that other team you're talking about is the <clears throat> Minnesota Twins or something like that. Right? That would be correct. <laughs> Before we die, maybe we'll have to segue into a Twins thing at some point, too, because, <laughs> man, oh, man, that's a hot mess over there at Target Field. Uh, but let's stick with Ed Ingram for a little bit longer. I mean, we have talked at 
about him at length throughout the past few episodes of Before We Die, but it's very deservedly so. I mean, Jesse Davis has that veteran experience, and as we've mentioned, Kevin O'Connell obviously wanting to give Jesse that first go at it, but it just seems that it keeps getting closer and closer to Ed Ingram saying, nah, it doesn't matter that he's a vet. I'm a guy that you want to have in there. Thousand percent. And that's a part of the reason I think that they took him. Uh, you know, I was watching the Vikings after the draft that the Vikings media department put together, like the behind the scenes for the draft and stuff like that. And the Vikings, you could tell on those videos inside their war room, loved Ed Ingram. Uh, when they ended up picking him, they, you know, they, they just outright said, I think Quasi said it, that there was a huge drop off between Ingram at that point and then the next interior guy on their board. The Vikings were higher on Ingram than some other teams. And the early returns look like they might be right. You know, we, we never want to read too much in, into the preseason stuff. But if that kid's able to beat out the competitors that they brought in for him, and then, of course, he has long since displaced, you know, why Davis, for instance, who was a day two pick the, the year before, it's going to be a great thing. And, and the other thing that, that starting Ed Ingram would allow you to do for this coming season, we talked about this in past episodes too, it allows you to put Jesse Davis back to the role that he's better at, which is backing up both the guard spots and both the tackle spots. He would have a real utility and a real value in that role. He might be stretched being a a starting NFL guard, especially next to a center who has struggled in the past. At Ingram, it, it raises your ceiling, and he's potentially a really good fit next to Bradbury as well. Right. And I mean, naturally, he's going to have to keep progressing. Like you mentioned, Thor, it's one preseason game. But I mean, he's certainly, you know, taking those appropriate steps. I'm not ready to say he's a bona fide starting right guard, right? But I mean, I think if he keeps progressing, he certainly is showing that he's the guy that can, that's up for the task and up for that job. Um, You know, in general, you guys, how important do you think the rookies are going to be to this Minnesota Vikings team? They're extremely important. You know, when we talk about Kirk Cousins, and obviously Kirk Cousins is a top, you know, 12 quarterback in the NFL, whatever, but because of that cap hit, you don't have as much flexibility to go out and sign veterans, which makes it during the Kirk Cousins window even more important that you hit on those draft picks. The Vikings had holes this offseason. A couple of them they were able to plug through free agency, but a lot of them they are counting on these rookies to come in and play immediately or quasi-immediately, you know, seen uh, competing for for a starting safety spot, Booth competing for a a starting cornerback spot, Ingram competing for a starting guard spot, Asamoa competing for a a starting linebacker job. The the more of those guys that are able to win those jobs, the ceilings of those guys over sort of the the veteran, I don't want to call them flotsam, that that they would be over, but it it raises your ceiling as a team and, and it plugs holes in a cheap way. I think when you look at guys like Ed Ingram, Calvin Booth Jr., and Lewis Seen, those are guys, if you're drafted in the first three rounds, I always say first three to four rounds, you're expected to play and contribute. To what level? Sometimes that's a little bit different. Rounds five, you know, probably will make the roster, but it's not unheard of that you won't. Round six six and seven, you're kind of taking stabs at diamonds in the rough, hoping to maybe draft players that don't get to go sign with somebody else as a rookie free agent. But if you're any of those three guys that I named there at the beginning with Seen, Booth Jr., and Ed Ingram, Mm -hmm. I think they'll play pretty big roles. And what Thor brought up with this team and where they're at with their cap, you're going to need some of these guys to step up and play and play big roles. So overall, I think you'd have to be pretty encouraged with what you saw yesterday in preseason game number one because another thing that's been talked about right here on this very podcast. I don't think you're going to see many starters this preseason or at least the premier frontline starters. 
Right. And as you should, I mean, again, Kirk Cousins obviously not making the trip to Las Vegas as he has uh, COVID-19 symptoms and, and has tested positive for that. So not that you were going to see him anyway, right? Again, that was a Mond-Mannion competition, um, and I think Mond really separated himself. I want to go back to Andrew Booth Jr. You guys had both mentioned him. He starts, obviously, in place of veteran Patrick Peterson. Um, do you think there is a little bit of tighter competition between him and Cam Dantzler at this point. Do you think the two of them um, have a little bit tighter? You know, you saw Dantzler in the second quarter. What are your thoughts on on the competition between the two uh, players right there? I, I think Cam Dantzler for this coming season has the higher floor. You get more cost certainty with them. I think Booth is the guy with the higher ceiling. But we, we saw a little bit of, you know, what people have seen in practice and also going back to uh, Booth's career at Clemson what we've seen these past couple of years where you get the extremely high level flashes you get, you know, in NFL parlance, you get all pro pro bowl type flashes from him, And then you also sort of get the opposite. Um, he's a very aggressive kid, very physically talented kid. Um, but because of that aggression, sometimes he can be caught out of position and give up the, the long gains. You're still, you're still working on the consistency with him. That's obviously what they're doing in practice. But right now, if they wanted to go with the cost certainty, I, I think it would be Dantzler. Dantzler has, has seemed to have a better camp up till this point than yesterday as well. Right, Booth Jr. with two tackles, but he did commit two penalties on one target. Again, it's preseason. That's going to naturally happen. Uh, another guy that we talked about, safety, Lewis Seen. Liking what I continue to see out of him. I mean, he had a handful of first quarter snaps alongside second year Cam Bynum. Um, in general, I mean, he just keeps another player that keeps progressing and taking the appropriate steps to make and be an effective player for this Viking squad. Yeah. And a lot of the same things we talk about booth are going to be important with scene in, in terms of the consistency scene also has those just brilliant uh, uh, flashes that the upside, and then he has plays too, where it's not so good and he can be caught out of position. He's a very aggressive North South player coming downhill and everything like that. Um, but again, you know, he, he can be caught out of position with Georgia it, it was a whole different thing where everyone else around him was a stud. Now he's learning to play within an NFL system. He's going to give you a higher ceiling if he's in the starting lineup than Cam Bynum, but Bynum's not going to make the mistakes that he is. So you're just looking for, for those guys to cut down on their mistakes the rest of the preseason. Can we just give an appreciation shout-out to uh, Ross for his third, our lower third graphics there? Did you like what you've seen? I like that. I do. I'm I very proud it. of that one. Thank you very I, much. I, I thought you would. I thought a little chuckle out of Is you. it Way appropriate to, to chuckle at yourself? I, I, I don't <laughs> I think that, that that's appropriate, but I did. So you thank you very much. I can appreciate that. All right, let's dive into the quarterback situation, you guys. That's the one that everybody was watching, um, as I had mentioned earlier. Sean Mannion, in my opinion, looked, I'm going to say awful, like he just did not look good. He got the start, 25 snaps, went 8 of 12 for 79 yards, an 85.1 passer rating, no touchdowns. Um, Let's start with him, guys. Were you as disappointed in Sean Mannion as I was yesterday? How could you not be? Yeah, I mean, you know, when we saw him in game action last year, it wasn't, wasn't good. It doesn't look like it's getting any better, which makes sense, right? Like he, he's a veteran who's been around. We know who Sean Mannion is. In college, he was the big strapping pocket passer with a solid arm, not, you know, not, not a huge elite arm, but an okay arm. But now you're seeing that there's an even further depreciation of 
his mobility, if you want to call it that. He's just totally stone-footed back there. Um, and, and he's not hitting the, the open guys either. He also isn't going to throw it downfield because the one thing he's trying to bring to the offense is we're going to take care of the ball because if, if Mannion's in when Cousins is injured, it's going to be a lot of the running stuff and then and then the shorter passes. But he was not acquitting himself as well through the air as Kellen Mond, and that is a very ominous sign for Sean Mannion's job security for this coming season. Right. Yeah, I looked I looked at a few different things when I was watching the game back last night. Overall, I thought the two were adequate. I thought one ended up being more adequate than the other. I think that was Mond. But then the competition when he was looking better was also less fierce. So I I think you have to look look at it that way. I, I look at this from a broader picture. I I really do. If Kirk Cousins goes down, to a degree, I'm not really sure who it, who would make a, the bigger difference as a backup quarterback. I'm not sure what backup quarterback is even available that you could trade for or that you could just sign off the street that would be any good that would give you any realistic chance to win. Mm-hmm. So then I think you have to look at it. What is better for your franchise potentially in the long run? Right. And, and I would say it goes back to this. If you need to win a game, it's probably still going to be Sean Mannion. Probably. If Kirk Cousins is out for half a season, heaven forbid he has a season-ending injury or he's out for a month, then it's got to be Kellen Mond. If those are your two choices, maybe they do. Maybe the organization does decide to go do something different and bring in a backup. But if it's only between Mannion and Mond, I think it comes down to who do we like for a game versus what would better serve us playing four to six to eight to 12 games. And I think that would be Kellen Mond. You don't have that luxury at this point, Mm -hmm. but to me, I would lean towards we got to have a guy that we can hopefully will hopefully help us in the future. And I think that would be giving Mond that experience versus seeing Sean Mannion when you already know what you already know. Right. I think, yeah, exactly. Sean Mannion is exactly who he is. There's not going to be a growth projection there, whereas Kellamond could grow. He went 9 of 14, 119 yards, two touchdowns, a 130.7 passer rating, um, you know, including a great march down for a touchdown to Albert Wilson to kind of close that gap. But he also had his struggles too, right? He had a wide open Tristan Jackson in the end zone and missed him. Um, and in the first half in general, he had more struggles again, first preseason game. So completely understand that. All of that being said you guys are the Vikings in the market to go get a QB2 I mean do they need to have that because as you'd mentioned Ross if Kirk Cousins goes down and gets hurt yikes big yikes right like what happens to this Minnesota Vikings team I know the Kirk Cousins haters are furious at me even saying that like oh no we don't want to blah 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 but your QB2 situation right now isn't looking that hot but do they go out and do something about that and is there even anybody available? Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, really? Is that what you're looking at? Let's be honest. So what are your thoughts for? Yeah, the, there's not a lot of guys on the, the free agent wire. You, you mentioned Fitzmagic, uh, Mike Glennon, Cam Newton. You know, they're, they're guys who, who their career has sort of passed them by. That's also the case with Sean Mannion. He just happens to have a contract right now right. Uh, for the time being. Uh, for me, I don't think Sean Mannion deserves to be on this roster or probably any other one at this point. There is something to be said, I guess, about what he brings to the room. You know, I mean, people have talked about how he, he's sort of an extra coach in there. But as far as your utility on the field, he doesn't got it anymore. Uh, when Kellen Mond, who is not, you know, he's not the most, the, 
not the best prospect when yeah. he's passing you by in, in the second year when he's still very raw. And and you mentioned it, Jesse, like yesterday, th- there was there were some good moments for Mon for sure, and his final stat line w- was very good. Uh, the problem is he's still missing open receivers, a, mm-hmm. a lot of them. And the other thing, it's this goes back to to him at Texas A and M. I saw, and he's Kellen Mond started for four years at Texas A and M. So we saw, we got more tape from him than anyone else that was coming into the NFL at that position that year. You saw a consistent risk aversion from Kellen Mond, even when he was facing collegiate cornerbacks, collegiate safeties, and his receivers were pretty solid. You saw him consistently sort of shy away from taking chances or, or putting the ball into 50-50 shots where his guy would probably have the advantage in those. We've continued to see that with, with the Vikings. Last year, more so in the preseason, uh, it, it wasn't every single play uh, yesterday, but there was multiple plays where there would be a guy wide open, and it, it appeared that Mon's head was pointed in that guy's direction, <laughs> but he would double clutch it, and then he'd start scrambling out to the right. He's got to start recognizing the guy that's open right away and let it fly. And realistically, that's what you want from a backup quarterback. Make the throws that are expected to make, right. that you're expected to make, being a quarterback in the NFL, whether you're a first string, second string, or the rare team that dresses three quarterbacks these days. There, to me, is only one path to a realistic backup quarterback that I think you could win with. And you would notice a drop-off, but maybe it wouldn't be so significant. And follow the path here, okay? The Cleveland Browns have said, or we're hearing, well, if Deshaun Watson's out for more than that six-game suspension, perhaps they would be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. So they make a move for Jimmy Garoppolo. That perhaps opens up Jacoby Brissett to the to the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. Would I take Jacoby Brissett to be the Minnesota Vikings backup? Yes, I would. However, what would I have to pay to make that happen? Because that's the part to me that I would say it's probably not worth it if you're asking for anything more than a fourth-round pick. I don't want to give that up for a quarterback that's going to be a backup quarterback. Fifth, sixth, seventh round? Okay, let's talk. But rounds one through four, I'm not doing it to have a solid backup quarterback. When the reality is, for the most part, once you move on to your backup quarterback, you're not in good shape anyways. Very true. I don't hate it, and I understand your line of reasoning there, Ross. Like, I, I get that. But I don't know that it's completely necessary either. You would take, so you're thinking Brissett over either even Kellen? Uh, for the right price, I would. Yep. Yeah. For the right okay. price, I would. And I don't, again, I think that price is probably somewhere a fifth through seventh round draft pick. I, I, sure. I think I, I think I would because, Brissett still gives you a chance to win and maybe compete at a higher level. I don't think that Kellen Mond gives you that right now. That's fair. And the goal goal going into the season should be to have the best roster possible. You ain't wrong, man. You ain't wrong there. Thor? Well, I I think you shouldn't have made your kids watch Sean Mannion clips while you were recording. (laughs) The the horror, it's what we have sort of expressed as, as Vikings fans. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm with I'm with Ross more or less on you know on on that three dimensional thing of like, sure, you don't love the backup options right now. To me, Kellen Mond is probably an NFL QB three for this coming season. Maybe he'll be a QB two in the future, but that's where I'd want him now. I don't like I said, I, I don't think Sean Mannion deserves to be on the roster. So then you have a, a dearth of QB two. 
But, you know, if it's going to cost a, a fourth, even a fifth round pick to get a guy like Brissett or to get a guy like uh, Sam Darnold or um, even tossing like a seventh round pick to the Panthers for, for PJ Walker, if he's the fourth, you know, cause they, they got Corral and, and, and Baker Mayfield in addition. So they, mm-hmm. they have one extra. I'm not sure if that juice is worth the squeeze because if, if Kirk Cousins gets hurt, either way, the season is over. And the, the staff probably isn't going to think about it this way. But with me, if Kirk Cousins is hurt and the season's over, I would rather get a referendum on the young quarterback, number one, Kellen Mond. And then number two, if he falls on his face, that's fine. First of all, that's useful information. Second of all, you're going to pick higher in the next draft in a season where you're not going to do anything in the playoffs anyways, again, under the supposition that Kirk Cousins is hurt. So I guess right now I'm, I'm leaning towards just keeping Mond as, as QB2. Don't keep three quarterbacks. The Vikings finally have awesome depth at the skill positions, both running back and receiver. They just have a glut of them. And so to keep extra guys at those positions, one of the ways that you can save a roster spot is by only keeping two quarterbacks. Uh, if it was me, I would cut Sean Mannion yesterday. What are your takes on Alexander Matson then, too, since we're talking about people making the 53-man roster, right? There's obviously a, an odd task that the Vikings are now faced with. You keep five running backs and fullbacks. You cut Alexander Matson. I think Ty Chandler's production yesterday, including that beauty of a uh, punt return, makes him. You can't cut him. You ha- He has to make the 53-man roster. So what do you do with Matson now? I, I, I would keep them. Unless a team out there was going to trade you the middle round picks that we were talking about, you know, with mm-hmm. the, the back of quarterback, if they could recoup uh, a fourth round pick for Madison, uh, I'm probably taking that. Um, but I definitely would not cut him. Uh, he's a guy who has sort of like a poor man's uh, Najee Harris type skill set, where it's a bigger guy who is very good between the tackles and he's very, very polished as a receiver. And this is a team, this is a coaching staff that is going to make good use of that guy. I realized yesterday um, both Nwangu and Ty Chandler had great games. So you're thinking, well, you know, those guys could slot in as RB, RB2, RB3. Mm-hmm. I, I would only have them doing that if I got something in return for Alexander Madison. He is worth something. He has value in the NFL. I wouldn't just give him away for nothing. I would agree. I mean, I think you can definitely get a good return out of Alexander Madison, too. I think he still has a lot in him and it's not to say that the Vikings couldn't utilize that so I think you're right I don't think it's time to necessarily sever complete ties with him but it is exciting to see some young guys like Ty Chandler be ready to to come in and take a big role this is fun though isn't it the speculation is fun the reality is we think we might know what they're going to do but we really don't know I mean they they might view some of these guys as assets where they can get future draft capital or they might go the exact opposite way, just like Thor brought up and said, no, these are these are good players and they can help us right now if called upon. So I just love that there's still some intrigue here. It's still yeah. brand new. The optimism is high. We still don't know a ton about O'Connell and Quessy. I don't know how much we even saw yesterday schematically from a game plan standpoint that you can take serious at all, anything at all. But even that in itself is intriguing. Did we see some things? Did we not see some things? I'm having a ton of fun with that still. There you go. I mean, reckless speculation, right? That's what we do. That's just That's... how we operate, I think, especially on Before We Die, again, on Purple Daily and Score North. Uh, you know, you mentioned, Ross, did we see anything in preseason game number one that can be carried over into the regular season? Well, guys, did we? I mean, for me, 
a little bit of yes and a little bit of no. Again, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. It's preseason football. It's preseason sports in general. It's hard. But uh, I think there are some good things and some bad things. Thor, what did you see that you like that could carry over? And what are some things that you're hoping stays in preseason? The, the things that can carry over, it's it's the promising individual performances of the individual players, sort of either strengthening arguments that they should make the roster or else making a move, you know, on, on the depth chart, whatever. I, I don't think – I'm not sure how much else we saw that, that is, has carryover value to the season just because we talked about this heading in. People should have expected this. O'Connell, we, we had to expect, wasn't going to play his starters very much. At his stops previous to this in the NFL, the head coaches haven't played the starters very much in the preseason. And it's also more vanilla, especially because we know that Kevin O'Connell badly wants to keep his secrets away from the rest of the NFL, even though it's, it's just mostly the, the Rams, you know, formations and stuff like that. But I, I do think those promising individual performances, th- those are the things to sort of hang your hat on. And then on the opposite side, there's some guys that were also making arguments to get cut. So I, I think it's valuable information in that way. Yeah, I think you care more about the individual efforts and what you get out of guys versus anything schematically because I, I think anything you see at best is going to be a, a template for maybe a philosophy. You're really not going to see much of how anything's run. So I think you're just looking to see what do guys look like on the field. This is the first time we've seen a lot of these guys in, in pads getting real action so I think you're just looking more for that than anything. I certainly, you know, as, as much fun as I had saying, you know, what did we see, what didn't we see, I certainly agree with Thor. We didn't really see a lot of any consequence when it comes to maybe what the Vikings are going to look like and display and, and put out there for game one against Green Bay, nor should they. I believe it, it may have been Jesse, but it might have been you, Thor, a few editions ago that said, this is a great time for the Minnesota Vikings to play the Green Bay Packers. You're going to trot out a brand new coaching staff with a brand new system. And yeah, the Packers are going to have some ideas perhaps of what's coming, but they don't know everything. Perhaps there was some stuff that McVay didn't like for O'Connell to do that he'll now be able to deploy here because he's top dog. I mean, I think the Packers are, are shaking at the knees. They're rolling out new ways to really scout the Vikings. Did you guys see that on Twitter today? Their uh, new quarterback video system, I believe, that uh, they're going to roll out. Have you seen it? No? Are we familiar, guys? I, no, I have not seen oh, that. I missed buddy. that. Do I need yeah. to check it out right now? Let me pull it up. Give me one second here. I figured you guys were all over it. I retweeted it on my Twitter account. Um which it, is? It is Jesse, J-E-S-S-I, Pierce, or underscore Pierce, P-I-E-R-C-E. Um, yeah, it's basically, oh, I retweeted out of the Bar Down Beauty's account. Uh, <laughs> I you have, know, when uh, you run too many, it, it's a problem. Oh, I know how that goes. It, uh, I, had, I saw a tweet over the weekend that made me laugh while you're digging that up. I, Did you yeah. guys see the tweet about the Greg Joseph summer? No. no. The, Viking, the Vikings tweeted about how great Greg Joseph has been this summer, and the first thing I thought of was, well, that pot can't possibly come back and, and backfire against them, can it? Never. Can never, it's a, absolutely. It's a Greg <laughs> Joseph summer. So what it is, I found the tweet from Rob Domboski. He said the Packers are the first NFL team to try out the Seeker from Monarch Sport. It's like a jugs machine on steroids. 
Um, and then Kevin Seifert made the joke that uh, the Packers are trying to prepare against individual quarterbacks. They will stop at nothing to beat Kirk Cousins. So uh, had a good little poke fun there. But yeah, you know, I did vaguely see that. I didn't realize it was Green Bay. I saw a retweet of it, and I did see the contraption. Yes, it was Green Bay indeed. So Honestly, I'd rather have a decent receiving core than a new jugs <laughs> machine, but just me. I don't think I don't blame you there, right? It's, I I love Thor fire firing the uh the Molotov cocktails in the middle of August at the Green Bay Packers. I, I love know. it. After the yeah, one preseason game one and we're ready. Game. We are ready to rock and roll. Before <laughs> we die, we will see a, a Super Bowl again. Uh this is before we die. I'm Jesse Pierce, he's Thor Nystrom. and this is Ross Brindle. Thank you guys so much for checking us out on Purple Daily and Score North. Big things happening. As always in our fine episode when I don't forget, which has happened a few times, it's still new. We're working it out, but we get to have our before we die predictions, statements, what have you. Uh, Ross, why don't you kick us off this week with a before we die situation? You know, I'm going to expand upon what I brought up uh, a one week ago when I said the NFL would go to a 20 game schedule. And I do believe that that also got me thinking. I do believe that that means we will then go to two bye weeks. I know it's not the most uh, sexy before we die to bring, but we will have a 20-game season with two bye weeks, and the Super Bowl will uh, take place just about the time that uh, Minnesota Wild or Minnesota Timberwolves uh, championship parade takes place because that's how long our NFL season is going to go. I I like and I don't like that all at once, Ross, I tell you. Before we die, two bye weeks and a 20-game season. Okay, Thor, what you got this week? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring the the timeline down a bit. I I turn I turn 38 in 13 days on on August 28th, and before I turn 38, I don't want Sean Mannion on this roster anymore. Whoa, that's so the second thir- player you've cut in a before we die. You know, there's there's 13 days left for for the Vikings and Sean Mannion, and I, I it, it, again, if it's got to be Kellen Mond as QB two, that's fine. I don't think he's ready for it, but he is certainly more prepared for it this coming season than Sean Mannion. I like it. All right. So again, that's who was the other player that you cut to? Oh, uh, Bradbury, right? Brad, I just well, I just want a Bradbury out of the starting lineup in yeah. October. Yeah, <laughs> well, right, I'm sticking so with that okay. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say before we die, there will be a legitimized female football league, like a very one that the NFL supports, not the lingerie football type of situation. I know there are the Minnesota Vixens. I actually have a girl that I went to high school with who plays with them. I'm not sure quite what level that is, but I'm talking a much higher level of female football uh, to be played. Um, you know, obviously more condensed scheduling, I think, but I think getting an NFL backing, I just, I see that happening before I die. That's what I'm going to see happening. Maybe I'll go out for it. I was the captain of my uh, powder puff football team two years in a row. We won two years in a row back in high school. I'm still reliving those glory days, just like all you high school football guys do. I do the same. So that's I'm gonna I'm gonna add one here then. Yeah. Before we die, that Minnesota team in the league you just created. Yeah. Will beat the Minnesota Vikings to winning their league Hands championship. Down. That's because mm. that's just like yeah. just like the Minnesota Lynx did <laughs> to the Timberwolves. We had a great run in women's soccer here just a few months yeah. back and also the Gopher women's hockey team. So mm-hmm. I'm with you. The women, the women carry the water in this town. It's only a matter of time before the men catch up and 
Hopefully it's these here Minnesota Vikings. You're darn straight again. I will try to carry the water along with you two on this great new venture of Before We Die on Purple Daily and Score North. Episodes released every Monday and Thursday. Uh, Coming up Thursday, we'll talk about preseason game number two against the 49ers. That happening here in Minneapolis, so look forward to that. Uh, Don't forget to share, rate, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Check out all the other content under the Purple Daily umbrella and, of course, at scorenorth.com. Uh, and if you haven't already, loving the comments that you guys have left about your Metrodome experiences. So much fun. Keep sharing those. It doesn't have to be just Vikings. We went twins. We went all over the board. If it happens to be Vikings, all the better, but certainly love to hear those dome memories uh, and a good way to interact with you guys. So thank you for everyone for sharing that. Ross, before we go, what was your dome memory? You got one? Oh, oh, game 163, Twins and Tigers. That was, it was so loud in there. I was sitting next to my brother and good friend. I was yelling at the top of my lungs to my brother, who was no more than a foot from me. There's no way he heard a single word I was saying at points of that game. It was so unbelievably loud in there. I don't even have to think about that. A lot of bad gopher football memories in there. A lot of bad Vikings memories in there, too. Yes, that's, I mean, Game we know it. We know it. We we live it. We're still here every day. But before we die, the Vikings will win a Super Bowl, hopefully, maybe. How many people have said that? Anyway, have a great rest of your day, you guys. We'll see you again on Thursday. Bye.